It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Meadow, Schmelk, you. 201-939-4513. It's been a real quiet couple days here yeah, at the Quest Diagnostics quiet. Training Center. Uh, needless to say, we can stop talking about Daniel Jones's contract because Penn has been put to paper. It is done. The franchise tag is right now on Saquon Barkley. I still think there's a good chance and hope that a long-term deal gets worked out because now the Giants have the leverage of the tag. It might make Barkley more willing to sign, blah, blah, blah. But it's in the books. It's done. It's a four-year deal. I'm sure you guys have seen all the reports on the money online. The Giants do not release contract details, but if you're interested, uh, Pro Football Talk put a nice little post up there recently that gives a really good um, breakdown of the contract. And again, according to that report, uh, it's a $36 million signing bonus. Uh, the reports yesterday, it's about $80 million in guarantees in the first two years cash-wise, 90-something overall. Uh, bottom line, I'm not going to go through all the details in the report. Again, this is just reports. The Giants are not confirming any of this. It basically turns out to a kind of a three-year, $114 million contract with a lot of incentives that can get added on on top of that. Um, and it's kind of in the range of what we talked about, Lance. There, as you talked about, there is uh, no bargains for quarterbacks. There's no pay, There's no you know team-friendly contracts. Guys are going to get their market value, but it's a, it's a contract that I think worked for the Giants. It worked for Daniel. They figured out a middle ground for what helps the team. Most importantly, they get that first-year cap hit down a little bit. Yep. Again, according to reports, it's around $19 million, give or take. And that'll, again, that's $13 million less than what that franchise tag would have been. Daniel gets a security of a multi-year deal, a larger uh, salary guarantee. The Giants get the salary cap release and worked out for both sides. Both sides are happy with the deal, and now the Giants offseason can move forward. And you hope now that you can build around Daniel so that last year was not his peak. It was just the start of a growth period where he's going to become an even better player. Which is what Joe Shane indicated when he spoke to the media earlier today. He said, listen, if last season was him scratching his potential, then I'm excited to see essentially what his ceiling is going to be. So that's where they're coming from, from a logistics standpoint. I mean, the bottom line is the cap hits fluctuate, John, when it comes to a contract. So no matter what it is, let's operate with that reported $19 million. It doesn't mean that it's going to be 19 every single year. Oh, well, it's no. going to clearly go up Do in other years. Yeah, no, no. So my point <laughs> yes. is I think we get too caught up in what the initial year is. The bottom line is here's the benefit. You have him penciled in or penned in, if you want to word oh, it, at a number. In. Okay? Oh, yeah. So you know what you're operating with for the length of the contract so that if you want to fit other people in, you know, okay, Two years from now, his cap number is this. We may not be able to afford that. Therefore, somebody else's contract, we have to structure accordingly. That's the benefit, and that's why the ideal situation was get your quarterback locked up, since it clearly is the most important position. Use the tag on Saquon to buy you more time till mid-July. July 15th is the deadline to work out a long-term deal. Worst-case scenario, Saquon plays on the tag. It's fully guaranteed money yep. upon signing. I understand it's viewed sometimes as a disrespect, but 
who's turning down guaranteed money. I mean, I think that's right. pretty good security for a season. So this was, if you were well, to— and frankly, just according to you know Joe Shane, the way he discussed it, it sounds like they probably have a contract on the table for him that will guarantee him even more money. So that would be yeah. a decision Saquon Barkley have to make, what kind of deal he wants to play on. 100%. The term that Joe Shane used was mapping out, that they're in position to map out a contract. And once again, they're not up against the clock now because you got several months. So you gain more flexibility from that standpoint. I think that's a positive to be in. And once again, the quarterback makes more money than any other position. So just think about it. If you're a general manager and you want to have a game plan moving forward, you want the quarterback on the books much more so than the running back. It's just like you're budgeting in real life and you're trying to figure out, Lance, right? Like how you want to do your monthly budget. Well, the first thing that I check off is my mortgage. The first thing you check off is your rent, right? Because those are the two bi- biggest line items. Well, you know, you have your jewelry. I know that's probably <laughs> yeah. a, a bigger line item. But you're making rent. assumptions about yes. me, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll go with your example if you want. Sure. Yes. And, and also Michael Jordan paraphernalia, also very, very, very high part on of the, the budget. List. Yeah, but look, the new jerseys that we purchase yes, on an annual basis, absolutely. and the sneakers too. Well, Shoelaces yeah. are expensive, by the way. But anyway, continue. So you take yes. your biggest line item on the budget, and it's right. It's really important to have that first. It allows you to plan everything else you do a lot easier, knowing what your biggest line item, and that's going to be your biggest line item, your quarterback. If you have a non, sure. um, you know, uh, rookie contract. Quarterback so on your especially roster. if you don't have a non rookie contract. Correct. Yeah. So to your point, you're right. When you know what that's going to be, you can plan. Okay, well, around the quarterback on weapons, I'm willing to to budget forty million a year. I'm willing to budget defensively X number of million on my top few defensive players. Like Len from Columbia, Maryland like to say, you're you're blue. You need X number of blue chip guys. Well, now you know how much money you have to spend on blue chip guys. What positions you want to prioritize to get those blue chip guys at, and you know how much you can pay them in order to budget your way forward and build your roster appropriately. Yeah, plus, to piggyback off of your point, one of the things Joe Shane brought up when he spoke to the media earlier today, they're thinking about a Dexter Lawrence extension, Andrew which Thomas, is an extremely wise Xavier move, right? McKinney. So, you know, that's another reason why the Daniel Jones contract helps, because if you're going to start mapping out and building out other contracts, then you really know what you're working with. The other thing that, of course, this does, and this is what you started off with, is if they have immediate needs that they want to address, they can at least bring in a mix of draft picks and maybe make a splash or two this year, depending on, obviously, what they prioritize. Hey, maybe that's more. The if you can get Saquon long-term, that could bring his number down. Of course, gives that gives even more flexibility. Yeah. Sure. No, that's a very valid point. And that's why they look at the fact that they have a young core that they like, and they want to lock those guys up. So, therefore... Moving forward, you're adding complementary pieces. You're not worried about bringing in the big boulder that's going to make or break your team. I think that's a big part of Joe Shane's philosophy, and that's just me reading into some of his comments and so forth. For example, he was asked, and he's been asked about this clearly all offseason, about wide receiver. The more and more you hear what he responds, it doesn't seem as if they're enamored, or I should say there's pressure that they've got to get a free agent wide receiver, that they could go into the draft. There's other means that I think they can address that position because, once again, you look at the free agent list. This is just my personal opinion. I don't think there's anyone on the market that's a huge difference maker. It's underwhelming. Correct. If you're going to do something with a proven commodity, you're going to trade for that individual, or somebody surprisingly is going to be let go. Right. So, therefore, I think they're operating with at least – that philosophy. And I think trading a draft pick for a player at this point now, again, you, we talked about this. Once you get these, you know, your 
key players under contract, and it's Daniel Jones, it's Saquon Barkley, like you mentioned, eventually Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, Xavier McKinney, go down the list, Julian Love, you want to throw him in the mix, whatever, then you have to draft well. Because you have to have players on those rookie deals to fill out your roster, right? And that's why I think they're going to be hesitant to trade picks for veteran players that are going to make big money. Now, if you can get a guy that's unique and you can't acquire any other way, like the Dolphins acquiring Tyreek Hill, the Raiders acquiring Devontae Adams, those are unique, all-pro level, top of the position. When you're talking about guys like that, I think anything's on the table, right? But... I think drafting becomes really more important now, and you have to figure it out. And let's talk about how you want to do wide receiver now, Lance. And and you look at the group that's out there and free agents. You know, is this maybe you invest in a veteran for one year? You see if they can bounce back. Like, depending on the number, do you roll the dice on a Michael Thomas, right? Who's been a number one that maybe you get on a one year deal on a prove it prove deal, it, sure. yeah. and. It works out. You just know? hasn't been healthy the last few years. So same thing with Odell, same thing with Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Right, he's in the same category. You know, you get past that group. You know, Jacoby Myers is is going to go for a lot of money. I don't know if you can spend that. Well, you also need to be sold that he's a truly number one guy as well. Correct. In your mind, if you're going to make that type of an investment. Right. Or do you go with a veteran like a Jarvis Landry? But again, he's more of a slot guy. And he was hurt this past season. Robert Woods had a very underwhelming season last year. Another veteran. But again, a guy who's been a good proven wide receiver. He's a good blocker in the run game. I don't think you're going to have to break the bank for also a Robert Woods too. No, you're not. Right. Right. And and, if you look at how the—and we talked about this with a couple guests that we had on at the Combine— Everyone remembers the move that the Bills made for Stephon Diggs. Well, the year before, they signed Cole Beasley and they signed John Brown, two mid-level wide receivers with specific skill sets. John Brown was your speed guy. Yep. Beasley was your slot guy. Well, the Giants already have Vondell Robinson. He fills the slot role. Do the Giants try to find the guy that fills a, a niche role to complement what they have? And like that's a middle-of-the-road guy. So do you need that? If you don't bring Darius Slayton back, do you need that speed guy to complement the quickness of Wandell inside, the big possession guy in um, Isaiah Hodgins, Hodgins on yep. the other side? Thank you. And do you target a guy like that? And I think having more money available now does open up more avenues to maybe not add a star receiver this year, but maybe you draft one. Who yeah, knows? you we could find that in the that draft. Sure. 100%. But finding a veteran that does significantly move the needle because he fits a specific role you need, but might not be a star. Well, once again, I think it depends on how they value that targeted wide receiver that we're talking about. If you're not getting Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, I don't love the idea of giving up valuable draft resources for a team that is making the transition, and I think this is what you were getting at. See, the Giants are in a true transition. The players that were drafted before Joe Shane and Brian Dable arrived are now due their second contracts. So as you give these players more and more cash, you're going to lock up cap space. So therefore, in order to maintain consistency, you now have to do what the previous regime did, which is identifying young talent, bringing them in, and then hopefully those guys weren't contracts. So you could argue, while this is only year two, right, for Joe Shane, I would say how the draft operates is still more critical than what happens in free agency because if you're going to go after Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, Saquon Barkley, second contracts, I mean, that's a lot of capital. You can't continue to go out and spend that type of money. So the draft, it's not 
so much a complementary aspect, I would argue, for the Giants. Well, it's primary. It's the heavy lifting aspect yeah, of this team, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why if you don't find the speedster in free agency or the guy that takes the top off the defense, which is what we're talking about, there's plenty of options in the draft. And nobody says you got to go in the first round to get that individual because maybe you have a guy that you think is a little bit raw, you bring him in, and maybe by the end of the next season— he starts to really click, and then year two, all of a sudden, he takes off. Just like what they're anticipating with Wondell Robinson, right? We saw flashes, John, but we don't yet He's know healthy, right? what he could do. But the Lions game was very encouraging, sure. right? When he had over 100 yards, and he was getting those 12 to 13-yard catches, getting some yak yardage. So who knows? You know, Maybe they identify somebody in the draft, but the list that we just went through, hey, if one of those players, like a Michael Thomas, he wants to take a one-year deal, or a one-year deal with an option and the money is respectable, I would take a flyer on him. He's got a boatload of talent. But just keep your expectations in check that if we get six games into the season and the injury bug strikes, that it's not like, oh my God, we were banking on this guy to be our savior and look at what happened. I think you just got to be a little bit realistic when you take a gamble on somebody like that. And Lance will be with Jonathan Casillas tomorrow. I'll be with Paul on Friday. We'll dip way deeper into the free agency class at that point because it all starts on Monday. Sure. It gets yeah. going at 12 o'clock, right before the show starts. So, goes go, goes fast. Well, and you and I, if you recall, we did a pretty detailed breakdown. We did. People could go back and look at that in the we archives. I don't know the, the date, actually. if you I'll can find, find that. Yeah, find but it. you find it on YouTube. You find it on, obviously, your favorite podcast platforms. We went through, did a thorough analysis of oh, wide we receivers like 40 and just about everybody every else. position group. Yeah, so, I mean, that was more than an appetizer. That was the appetizer in the first course and maybe the second course. Now we'll give you... The main course and dessert coming up this Go week. Go back February 9th, the 2023 free agency class, and it was that was me and you. And we go through literally all the free agents on both sides of the ball. So yeah. that's a great episode to go and listen to. Some things have changed since then. Guys have signed or gotten cut and things like that to add yeah. to the pool. But, but I think that gives you a pretty good review of all the guys. And now that we know what money's available in the next two days, we can kind of really focus in on the things the Giants will be able to do and should do as we move into free agency. Yeah, and that goes back to why there was so much value in locking up Daniel Jones so that you can operate yep. with that type of mindset. Because remember, the Giants were in a unique situation. I said this multiple times times, John, most teams had one player that they had to determine whether or not they wanted to tag. The Giants were in a position where you had two, and you knew if you tag one, that means the dynamics change for the other player. So now you get the biggest priority, the quarterback done, the running back stays in-house. I mean, yes, he has the opportunity, of course, to negotiate with other teams, but I think you got to be realistic. I don't see another team giving up two first-round picks for Saquon Barkley. So If, if they weren't going to do that for Lamar Jackson, they're not going to do that. Well, they could still do that for Lamar. And I, Which, I don't by the way, I'm read... surprised that some teams aren't, but well, that's another conversation. I, I don't want to get off topic, day. but no. I will say this, and I think this does relate to, obviously, conversation with Daniel Jones. There are a lot of things that are thrown out on social media that are agenda-driven. And yes. personally, there is no incentive of a team publicly, John, saying we're going to sure. negotiate with Lamar Jackson. You would just, what do you have you to would, You would just send the offer yeah, sheet. Right? Why are you giving Baltimore a heads-up that right. you want to give them some competition? Yeah, so I don't that. read into anything about a team publicly or using a member of the media to say, we have no interest. They also probably don't want to disrespect a quarterback in-house. They don't want to ruffle feathers, really too. Good point, you though. have to understand mm-hmm. that, especially a team like Atlanta, who just drafted Desmond Ritter, yep. and he thinks, okay, this is my team. I have an opportunity to develop myself. But getting back to the point yes. at hand, I don't think a team is going to give Saquon two first-round picks. So I think that they're in a secure position where could Saquon talk to another team? Sure, but it's a matter of, as Joe Shane indicated earlier today, he got until July, talk, try to navigate out a plan, 
once again, I don't look at a player playing on the tag. I don't know how you feel about maybe outside of the quarterback as a negative or something that can't be navigated and operated with. So It can also be an opportunity for the player, depending sure. on how it works out. Especially a player that has some injury baggage Correct. and hasn't proven to be fully healthy. Well, well, it's also a risk for the player, which is why I do think at that position, now that the tag is in place, I do think there's a chance we could see. Again, this is not inside information, just me evaluating the market. How I would think about it if I was the player. I think there's value to, to signing a longer-term deal to guarantee a more Especially from the player standpoint. At that position, yeah. 100%. 100%, correct. because the team, you could argue, it's great, but you still have yeah. some flexibility to determine whether or not he can duplicate it's, what he did the previous year. It's a lot year. easier to bet on yourself at quarterback than it is to bet on yourself at running back, just because of That's the fair. nature of the position well, and, and injuries. Getting hurt, sure. Right. I mean, 100%. I'm sure if you ask Saquon, after what he went through in the early stage of his career, nothing would satisfy him more. And I'm not saying I've spoken to him, but you put two and two together, than having a long-term deal with some extra security. I mean, that's... Timmy and O'Brien. And he was very clear about wanting to be here, too. So, yeah. again, maybe not. Maybe it's not going to work out, but I, I think there's an opportunity for two, just based on logic. Let's open up the phones at 201-939-4513. You have some open lines. Get in. We'll take your calls. Let's bring this full circle, Lance, and I just want to end with this, and we kind of touched on it earlier. You're not paying Daniel Jones for what he did last year. You're paying Daniel Jones for what you think he's going to be, right? But at the same time, and I, this drives me nuts with all sports. It's like, oh, now that you've paid the player, the player needs to be better. No, the player is what the player is, and the market dictates what you pay him. Just because you pay a guy a contract doesn't mean, oh, well, he's going to be better now because you're paying no, him more money. money that, doesn't that, that's not how this Guarantee works. anything, yeah. You just hope that now that he's in the same system for a second year where you saw so much progress in year one, uh, you got the same quarterbacks coach, you hope you improve the talent around him to the point that you made earlier, this is a launching point where he's going to continue to improve and play better. The production's going to improve along with all the stuff you already love about him. You'll get the production to go along with it. And that'll, I think, in theory, if that does happen and he continues to improve, this contract could be a bargain in two or three years. Well, where I think it will, regardless. Even, even, well, if you don't play well, it's not. No, okay, right? well, I'm just looking at the market. You Correct. know he's going to skyrocket. So even in you know in the fourth year of this deal, and just do the math, folks, if the first year cap number is 19, there's $141 million that left to, to, to spread for, yeah. over three years. So you're looking sure. at a $40-plus million contract number in you know year three and four of this deal. That Based on what Lamar gets, Aaron Rodgers gets, if they trade him and they redo the deal, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, go down the list. That could be a good-looking quarterback contract in just a few years. So that's kind of what you have to keep in mind here as you move forward when you consider the numbers here. It's, it's all going to have to do with whether or not Jones plays well, how they build around him. And that's going to determine what this looks like. So I think that's what needs to be the focus here moving forward now that the contract is in place. Well, you always use the term bang for the buck. I mean, that's what yeah. you're looking for now, especially given the quarterback takes up the most cap space. So, of course, you want him to be consistent. You want him to be productive. But I Production do think, per dollar, right? Yeah, PPG. exactly. That was the other phrase that you constantly use, which I think is extremely fitting. And Paul and I recently had a conversation with Vic Carucci of Sirius XM NFL Radio, and he's covered the Bulls forever and also covers the entire NFL landscape. And, you know, I was very curious to get his perspective on how much Joe Shane was going to be influenced by what Brandon Bean did in Buffalo. And you look at now them getting the deal done, I think the logic is very similar to Josh Allen. Now, the difference was you 
saw Josh Allen come into his own a little bit sooner than Daniel Jones. Before he signed the contract. Correct. Yes. So you had more to operate with. You did not have that luxury with Daniel Jones, and part of that was he got hurt. Part of that was the changes in coaches, Situation coordinators, him, of course. Blah, blah, blah. But I still think the logic is, okay, he's coming off his best year. He was a good fit for Mike Kafka and Brian Dable's system. He stayed healthy. Exactly. He got through it. We expect this to be the start. The trajectory is going to continue to go up as opposed to he reached his ceiling. Just like Josh Allen, when he took that step in 2020, you were thinking, okay, this is the beginning of accuracy improving, his numbers going up, him being a big part of the run game. So I think that philosophy is identical. But like anything else, it's all about what have you done for me lately, right? right. It's not about... Coming off of one year, it's about you now want to see him be able to do this consistently so that you're not going into every season wondering. And this is why, why do you think quarterbacks change so much, John? There's a lot of teams going into every year. Yeah, we like our quarterback. I don't know what we're going to get out of our quarterback, right? You never want to be in that position. You want to feel as if you're going into every season. Okay, maybe we don't know exactly statistically what's going to happen. But we have a good idea every game what we could get out of the quarterback. That's ideally what you're hoping comes to light with Daniel Jones at this point. And the trajectory is not always a straight line either. Sure. Like, could be up and down. Josh Allen took a little bit of a step back this year from his MVP. A lot of interceptions in the red zone. A lot of turnover worthy plays, that sort of stuff. So it's not always a straight line. And they can get impacted by what's going on around him, your schedule, your opponents. All these things can impact uh, those factors here. But the Giants now have their quarterback in place for four more years. And it's exciting that you kind of know the trajectory here moving forward. Uh, where the Giants are headed, and, and now how they can go about building this roster around their quarterback, Daniel Jones. All right, go subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. A lot of good stuff coming your way this week. Just recorded an interview with Phil Sims. That's why we started a minute or two late. That'll be up later on today. Maybe by the time this is posted, it'll already be up. We'll see. And then we'll do a combine review with uh, Joe Marino from uh, – the Draft Network, that's coming on later on this week. And go back to all the stuff we had at the Combine last week. Daniel Jeremiah, Cynthia Freeland, Jim Miller, Greg Cosell, Matt Miller, a lot of Millers. And <laughs> just make sure you go check that out um, on the Giants Huddle Podcast. And go check out our Big Blue Kickoff Lives from the Combine last week as well. Over 20 guests on those shows Tuesday to, to Friday, including Joe Shane, who joined us on uh, Tuesday on Big Blue Kickoff Live. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the phones. We have some open lines. 201-939-4513. Jerome and Charlotte. We'll lead us off. Hi, Jerome. Hi, guys. Um, I'm happy and sad at the same time. Um, Why are you sad, Jerome? <laughs> well, I didn't think Jones was worth Honestly, I didn't think he was worth even 40. First, okay, but know. again, the, the, the cap number is what matters here, Jerome. And if you look at the first three years of the deal based on the Pro Football Talk report, it's basically under 40 for those first three years. Anything uh, north of 34 was, was, was too high for me. Well, um, well, I mean, well here's the bottom line, Jerome. It was either he's gone or the tag <laughs> if you were going to max out a 34 million. No, seriously, you could say anything more than that is too much, but then you have to look at what your alternatives are, right? It's either the tag at 32 and it kills your cap or you don't have them. So that that's basically what your choices were. Uh, there was no world where he was signing a $34 million per year contract, which is what – 
We've been trying to tell you guys for three weeks to be yeah, quite well, honest with you. He's the ninth quarterback now, according to reports, because we don't give out the numbers from the team perspective. That is, has an average annual salary of $40 million, if you want to operate with that. But to John's point, the cap hit is more important than what the average annual salary is. The average annual salary, to me, is more the agents look really good with respect to their client to get that number so they can say, okay, hey, he's ninth on the list. So, yeah, he's the ninth guy, which means, Jerome, you do the math. You know, we're going to get to a point where $40 million is going to be the number where everybody's going to operate at. The 30s are becoming the 40s. That's how the nature of the NFL landscape moves once the salary cap continues and look, to go up. We went through the ranking a couple weeks ago with Howard Cross, and we talked about where Jones ranked in terms of quarterbacks, and it was around 10 in terms of guys you'd want to have for the next three or four years. He was right around that 9 to 12 area. So if getting based on what the reported numbers are, that's kind of where he landed, which is kind of just what the deal is. Yeah, now, I mean, listen, you could have tagged him, as you mentioned. I mean, could they have survived on a $32 million cap hit? I think they could have survived because, I mean, once again, you still have a decent young team and you could rely on the draft, but then it becomes the land of the unknown for the years following. And I don't think they wanted to put themselves next year's in that tag position. would have been $38 million on the cap. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Go ahead, Jerome. Okay, now that Jones signed, and we do have Barkley one way or the other, um, what are, are our chances of signing not only our own, some of our own guys um, that's free agents, love, and true uh, other guys that perform well? And how much can we can we actually go on the market and and get uh, better players than we did have to wait? The, the week or two after this, all the big waves go and all the best players went, can we still have? Do we still have a chance of grabbing one of them exceptional players that can come to our team and make a difference? Well, Jerome, I don't know if there are any many exceptional players available in free agency. To be honest with you, and Lance, I think if you look at the overall list. I don't think the Giants are going to be in the mix. And again, I'm, I'm just going off PFF's rankings here, right, for non-quarterbacks. Yeah. The top guys on top of their list are Javon Hargrave, Jesse Bates, Jamel Dean, and then you're already getting into Levante David, who's 33 years old. We mentioned Jacoby Myers. Orlando Brown, who's a tackle. The Giants aren't going to be involved in yeah, that Yeah, he was not given the tag, surprisingly. Deron Payne was tagged, right? Then you're getting into the Mike McGlinchies of the world. Again, a tackle. Uh, Saquon Barkley, like... James Bradbury, like the Giants, I don't think are going to be in the financial category of any of the players I just mentioned. Tremaine Edmonds is probably going to be a bridge too far financially. Uh, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, you're getting into that range. Draymond Jones, maybe. Like, I don't, th I think we're, if the Giants sign somebody from the outside with an average per year deal of more than $10 million, I think I would be surprised by that. Yeah, well, also, remember, Joe Shane spent some time trying to clean up the cap. Do you really think he now wants to put himself in a precarious spot all over again? I mean, that would be my response to him. Just because you have cap space and some wiggle room, you could carry it over to the following year. And if they like the free agent class the following year— then that's more of a reason to not just spend money for the sake of spending money. So I think the priority is to lock up some of the guys internally. And then and those hey, guys, by the way, Julian Love, Nick yeah. Gates, John Feliciano is another guy that comes to mind. Um, Jared Davis is a guy that I think Linebacker. is a free agent. Um, I do you want to throw Jalen Smith in the mix there? You can. I think Davis would probably be more of a priority. And I don't um, think that's going to cost an overwhelming no, amount of money. absolutely yeah. not. And, you know, I think that that's just kind of where you're at. 
Yeah, I would be surprised if you would label a move this offseason outside of internal candidates as a splash move. I think if there's any splash that's going to be had, I would think it'd be more likely to be via trade with draft picks than signing a guy outright. And I think the scary thing, Jerome, uh, and then we'll let you finish your call, in a year where there are a decent amount of teams with cap space, it's not overwhelming because a lot of teams had to push money Guys, the COVID year screwed everything up, all right? So teams had to redo all their contracts because in the COVID years, the salary cap did not go up as suspected because revenue came down. What can you do? There's no way to avoid that. It's, it was the world. Everyone's revenue went down during the COVID years. It just happened. Yeah, it impacted the world. Correct. So a lot of teams had to redo these contracts and push money back. And the salary cap is probably still 20 to $30 million less than what was projected, say, five years ago at this time. So there isn't as much cap space out there, but there's still enough. And it's not a strong class. So teams like the Bears, who have to spend a certain amount of money to get to a salary floor, a lot of times that means guys are probably going to get overpaid more than usual. Because while the guy's at the top of this free agency class, because it's a weaker class, he's not as good of a player that maybe might have been on top of previous free agency classes, right? So that might lead to guys getting overpaid. So I'm with Lance. I think their major moves would be trying to bring back a Julian Love. And then you're going to look at its second and third wave mid-tier guys. And again, you can be talking about guys that are making 6 to $8 million a year, things like that, that can really help your team, but are not going to be what I would call a foundational player moving forward. Well, here's the other thing. You know, even if your expectation is you... You want one thing I just want to add, Jerome, real quick is even if your expectation is you want to see a big name because you associate that with being a better player, the encouraging thing is the Giants just came off a season where maybe the talent wasn't where you had hoped, but the coaching staff pulled a lot out of those players. Well, and so, the front office staff pulled guys off correct. the waiver wire. So, too, my, right? my point is, I think this coaching staff and this front office proved even if they don't want to be ultra aggressive, whether they have the means or not that the coaching staff could still continue to develop and get these guys to produce. So that's a positive because until you do it, that's pure speculation. Giants coaching staff, they did it last season. There's evidence that they can continue to do that all over again. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I love what they did. I love the coaching staff completely. I, I love the, everything that happened last year. I love some for I, I, a lot of our guys got hurt, but we still need a lot of pieces to get better, to get to the next level, and and um, we got to start winning our division. Sure, but it, yeah. Jerome, it, it you, doesn't Jerome. happen in one season is my no. response, and I appreciate mean, the phone the call. The Eagles were in the Super Bowl. The Cowboys have won, what, 24 games the last two years? 23 games, whatever it is? And it's tough. Like, you saw the Giants play those two teams last year, and – the Giants weren't at that level yet. Yeah, there was a sizable difference. There's yes. no doubt about it. And don't sleep on Washington, too. You know, we'll see what they do at quarterback. You know, those were two ultra-competitive games with the sure, Giants. Yeah, they yeah, came down sure. to the wire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember, you're not just worried, John, about the teams ahead of you. Yeah, you're also worried about staying where yeah, you I mean, are. They're only, what, a game and a half? They, no, one game behind the Giants, yeah. right, in the lost column. That Washington was, was a borderline playoff team. Right. No, you're 100% right, Lance. And I think, again, you're looking at... We're signing your own guys, but much like last year, where I think the Giants took the big step was internal improvement of the guys on the roster. So you yeah. hope you get another jump from like an Evan Neal, right? All your draft picks last year, they got hurt and couldn't play. You know, does Darian Beavers come back and help you? Wanda Robinson, you're basically going to have almost two draft classes this year. With all the guys that were hurt last year coming back, McKeithen, Azudu, Wandell Robinson, 
Dean Belton was hurt a lot of the year last year too, right? Uh, Cordell Flaw was in another line. Maybe you get Aaron Robinson back from a couple years Yeah, he's ago. another guy to watch out for. Uh, so there's a lot of guys that you're going to get back, and you hope young guys that did play like Evan Neal, maybe he takes the jump. Maybe Kayvon Thibodeau takes a big jump. Aziz Ojolari played, what, five games last year? He's been in that lineup. He comes sure. back. He takes a jump. So I think that's where a lot of your improvement is going to come from rather than guys that are uh, coming in from the outside. Yeah, I mean, you want another guy to pull off a Dexter Lawrence-esque performance. Because, yeah, I mean, look at what Dex did. And Andrew Thomas, right? Yeah, Same but, deal. I mean, Dex specifically. I mean, well, yeah. if people thought, you know, that Dex would get to this level. I mean, the guy, he had sack-wise, John. He had nearly just... More sacks than he had in his previous seasons combined. Lance, he so, was, he could have he might have been the best defensive tackle in football last year. Without a doubt. He was that good? Yeah. So I mean, could somebody else make that jump? Somebody else makes that jump. Yeah. You're absolutely going to like that. And then you're not going to put yourself in a position where there's an overwhelming amount of pressure to have a draft pick from this year's class come in and wow you or say, Man, you know, we wish we would have spent money on this free agent. Because it's a cost-effective move by relying on your draft picks. And now that you're locked into the quarterback for multiple years, I think there's less... It's still my top priority this offseason to improve the situation around the quarterback because that, to me, is always the top priority to make it better offensively. But if he was on the tag lands, I would feel a lot more pressure to get better pieces around Daniel so you can make a even more educated decision on him last year. But now that you know he's here, there's no decision to make on him next year. So you could maybe be a little bit more gradual in terms of building around the quarterback and not try to force something. Sure. Well, if he was on the tag, I would feel more pressure to force something so I could make a more educated opinion, a decision next year instead of putting a $38 million tag on the guy. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I mean, there's no doubt about it because, you know, once again, you want to be able to operate in a four-year process as opposed to a one-year or a two-year yeah. window. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. Now, you could also look at it from the flip side. You know, you were talking about deals that are going to look like bargains. $38 million on the franchise tag, even if we go down that hypothetical sure. road, that well, actually may turn out to be a bargain too. It could, right? depending on how he plays depending year, on, yeah. And depending on also how the quarterback market plays out. So, you know, I mean, you could go down that coulda, woulda, shoulda road. I just think most teams operate. Let's get security for both us and the player so this way it's one they, less thing we have to think about. And as both Joe Shane and Daniel Jones said today, and neither guy said a whole lot at those press conferences, which is why we haven't gone through what they said. It just wasn't a whole lot there. Um, I think it was a deal that worked for both teams, both the team and the player, and I think it, it worked out. Let's go to Marcus in Philly. He's up next. Hey, Marcus. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Yep. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say um, with the Daniel Jones signing, I think it was an awesome contract. Um, I, 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 me myself personally, I like the deal. Um, just for reading so many negative things about the signing and you know Dan, the amount of money that Daniel Jones is getting, and in my opinion, it's not your money, so don't worry about how much money he's getting. I think the decision was right. The man has to make money for him, himself and his family, so I thought it was an awesome. Hey, deal look at him. Marcus. Did, did Derek Carr got thirty-seven and a half? Geno Smith got thirty-five. Like we're all playing in the same neighborhood here. You know what I mean? Right. And Daniel right. Jones is right. younger. Correct. So that also impacts the deal. Right. So I, I thought it was a great deal. Um, I just had actually um, just two comments. One, I guess it's about free agency. Um, a couple players. Um, one is the young man, David Long, the linebacker from Tennessee. It's a good um, name. Don't know, don't know how much he would cost, but I think just watching, I just, you know, look at the footage of him. I think it would be awesome for Winkers. Um, so I don't know how much he would cost, but I, I would definitely like him. Um, a cornerback that I really like, I actually watched him in, in college, is Rocky Asin out of uh, Temple. Um, 
I think he would be a good good fit for our system because he is he's about six feet, um, a press man corner who I think would pretty much would be a good. He's twenty seven years old. And I think he would be a good fit um, for our system. Um, now I, I liked him coming out of school too, Marcus. He has had a rough go in the NFL since he's joined the league. Yeah, the Raiders defense had a very rough season last year. And Not he, to say it's remember, all on him, but he, he was the secondary a, he, specifically. And he was already traded once. Too, yeah, remember. he was part of the Yannick Ngakwe deal that Correct. brought Ngakwe to Indy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Um, and one name that I would love to see, um, I guess, back in, in Big Blue would be Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, do you guys think there's a chance that maybe the Giants may try to look at him and possibly bring him back at a good price? I believe the Giants will be looking for another defensive lineman that's more of an interior guy to complement Leonard and Dexter. Based on what Joe Shane said in Indianapolis, I think that's a high priority for them. Now, is that going to be in the draft or free agency? I don't know. Uh, I think Dalvin Tomlinson does fit the profile of the type of guy they would like to add. I just don't know what the dollar amount would be and whether or not it would fit because you're already going to have a lot of money invested in Leonard and maybe you can, you know, extend him to reduce that cap number two, by the way, um, and Dexter. So I think you're on the right track. I don't know if it would work financially, but yeah, in terms of his ability, his skills, and his age, yeah, I think that's something that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin, we know what he did in terms of stopping the run for the Giants. I mean, look at what happened this season that he wasn't here, and I think Minnesota likes what he produced investment-wise, but I would say if you're going to look for a guy that's only going to be on the field for two downs and doesn't necessarily bring much from a pass rushing situation, I think you can address that in the draft. I don't know if they have to spend a lot of money in free agency to do that. And once again, I'm a big fan of Dalvin's game. I think he has a tremendous amount of value, but you know, you got to look at other priorities on this roster and other areas, especially on the offensive side of the ball, if you want to continue to help Daniel Jones move up the ladder. I think maybe the money would be better well spent on the opposite side of the ball as opposed to that position. Okay, great. Um, and just uh, two more things. Um, one, I would like to see us do um, a lot. It kind of takes us back to when we had the NASCAR package where we had a bunch of guys that we could rotate in. Even like a guy like Dave Thomas, he was like a guy that was able to rotate in and, and give um, OZ and, and, and straight hand those guys a break. If we could maybe possibly start building our defensive line back up to that, that would be awesome. I think that's what got Eagles to where yeah. they were last season. Um and just one guy. And by the way, Marcus, just FYI, I think Joe Shane believes in that too. If you look the way him and Brandon Breen drafted in Buffalo, they just kept drafting defensive linemen in early rounds. That's pretty much all they did. So I think my guess is that they'll all go on a similar track here. Okay. And just one more. Um, there's a gentleman I watched him at the combine. Um, his name is Byron Young out of Tennessee. Yep. Um, uh, outside backer. I watched his combine workout, which, you know, is the underwear Olympics, but but it was intriguing. His first step, his speed, it was quick, so I put on some game tape of him. He only had seven sacks, but his first step is phenomenal. He's built a lot like uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, so I think as a rotational piece, I think, I don't know if he could be had maybe in the second, third round, but phenomenal athlete, first That's step is, is great. Um, and, and, and that's pretty much all I have to say. Again, thank you for taking my call, fellas. Thank you, uh, thank you for all that you do, and I'll listen to you guys off the air. Thank you. Yeah, and Byron Young's right, interesting. He has a good background story. He, like, tried to go to college. It didn't work out. He had to go work at – I think he worked at Dollar General, if I recall right, from hearing him talk at, at the Combine. Then he went to a junior college, and he eventually got to Tennessee, where I think he only played for two years because of all the eligibility stuff before that. And look, he's a raw speed rusher. He's only 250 pounds, but he ran like a ridiculous like four five three or something crazy like that. So, yeah, he's a, he's a very skilled player. Um, 
and yeah, Georgia I, Military College. Georgia Military College. Yeah. Actually, was thank you. And uh, then he went to Tennessee from there. Um, and look, I think he's a guy that would be a day two player. And if you want to add a, a speed rusher to complement Thibodeau and Ojolari, you bring Jihad Ward back. That's that was going to be the guy that I was going to bring too, up. But yeah. he's he's more of a run guy than he is a pass sure. rusher. So, but I, he's disruptive. He is, and, and I think that's what you want. And I think the bottom line from the caller: Do they want to add? More guys to the defensive front so you don't have to play Leonard and Dexter 90% of the snaps and you have more waves a guy. Yes, I think that is certainly a priority, whether it's inside or outside. Well, Dave Tollefson's name was brought up, but I mean, keep in mind, Tollefson, he played his first five seasons with the Giants. He had 10 sacks over those five seasons. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell me you can't get that production out of Jihad Ward? Sure. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why Jihad Ward was the first guy. He, I mean, you took the name right out of my mouth. I was going to throw him out there when the last caller was looking for that in-betweener. I think you have him, and I think you certainly can re-sign him. And he's got familiarity with Wink's system because this is now his second stint with Wink. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not value in drafting a guy. And as far as you know, what the Eagles did... He was throwing out Dalvin Tomlinson. I don't know. Do you entertain another previous giant, Linville Joseph, who wouldn't cost you nearly as much? I mean, the Eagles brought him in. A little older, but what I'm saying is if you're looking for a guy on first and second down, a Linville Joseph or an Indomitian Sue, who are two guys that joined the Eagles late, you know, that maybe financially makes a little bit more sense. Sure. 201-939-4513. Hey, Giant fans, check out the Giants Connected TV streaming app, Giants TV. It brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Also, don't forget, Giant fans, you can take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season and beyond. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. Ross is in Philly. We stick in the city of brotherly love. Ross, what's up? Hey, guys. Yeah, we're a rare breed, but we're here. <laughs> Very quiet, <laughs> h- hiding in the corner, but you're there. I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm just excited about, uh, for you know, to have Daniel Jones um, under contract. You know, yes, it was a good amount, but you guys said it. That's the going rate. And, you know, he just he is trending upward. Um, that's kind of what I'm, you know, with this coaching staff, you know, he's done what he can with the talent around him, and he, you know, had a great year this past year, low interceptions, all that kind of stuff. You know, he does everything right in the offseason. You know, he's added muscle pretty much every offseason to reduce that injury risk. Uh, you know, always works out with the receivers before camp. Um, so I do think, um, you know, adding around him, obviously, is what's going to be key. Ross, um, just know, Ross, just to give you an example, the guy's working out a contract extension with his agents and everything. The guy's in the building working out every day. Yep. Like he yep. cares. Like it, it matters. Yeah. You're right. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's just a good kid. Um, and that's just, yep. it's great to see. And that's what he's a true giant in that sense. He's a good, you know, good all around person. Um, so just like I said, that's happy, happy to have him back. Knew it was going to happen. Knew it was going to be, you know, a good deal, um, for everybody. And that's just going to be, that's great. And, uh, another reason to be excited is it makes Charlie from Portland, Maine sad. So that makes me happy. Makes a lot of other, uh, I'm oh, sure the Giants happy. had that on the top of their priority list when making that yeah. deal. Yeah. 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 And I'll, I'll call back next week to talk more free agency stuff. I don't want to hold you guys up with that just because it hasn't really started yet. But looking to um, talk about, looking forward to talking that next week with you guys. So thanks for taking the call. Awesome. Thank All you, right. Ross. 201 939 4513. We do have a couple open lines if you want to get in. Let's go to Donnie in Queens. He's up next. Donnie. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Congratulations to Daniel Jones. 
Um, if I were him, I'd probably just be waking up and I might be a little thirsty with a headache. You know what I mean? Uh, so you know what, Donnie? The thing is, the thing about Daniel, I don't know. I mean, I could have seen him like getting like feeding his like you know steak dinner last night, wherever he went with his agents, and then be like, I don't want to work out tomorrow. I'm tired. I'm going home. That's, like, that's, <laughs> that's probably why I'm not Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah all of us. <laughs> correct. That that, that 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 is correct. Different mindset with these guys. So congratulations to him. Um, I, I do think they'll spend a little more outside on free agency than you guys do. I think. Looking at that, like Blake Martinez, James Bradbury contracts, those two, those three year deals that you can kind of get out of after two younger players that maybe you think are still ascending. And I, I think linebacker is kind of a prime spot to spend that 10 to 12 million on. Yeah, yeah look, I, 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 I think, I think 10, Donnie, is a better target. I think once you get to 15 plus, I think it gets dicey. But I think that 10 yeah. million area is probably where they would max out. And that's kind of like the David Long type. That type of player 100%. you're looking at, right? And you're just trying to get in a guy that can provide a baseline level of play. They have nothing there, so they they yep. can't roll the dice that on draft night. Oh, we'll just draft one. Like you don't know who's going to be available, right? And, and it also know. and it also a very very shallow inside linebacker draft. So I'm with you, Donnie. If there's one position that I would point to and say where I think they might go get someone in for agency, I think inside linebacker might be it. To yeah, be and who knows? Maybe but, there's somebody who has a connection to Wink's system too. That is a good fit. Because remember, I'm listening to Wink when it comes to the linebacker position. I've said this time and time again. If he's taking a guy off the field on passing downs, then I just don't see why you would spend a lot of money on an interior linebacker. I think you have to really hear from him what his game plan is in keeping those guys on the field. I mean, no, everybody's right. not Luke Keekley. If Luke Keekley was out there, I would say go sign him tomorrow. You're not taking him off the field. <laughs> He's long retired. If Sean Lee's out there, go sign Sean Lee. Sean Lee's retired. They don't make guys like that. Very rare talent and very very rare skill set. Right, totally agree. I think like the two positions that you would say they kind of have a dire spot at them are linebacker and receiver. But Lance, you mentioned earlier, receiver would probably be something to trade more than what's on the free agent market. Because in reality, the most important thing for the Giants next year is guys like Thibodeau and Neal and Ojolari, the young players that they've invested in to be frontline players. Like, Yes, Josh Azudu, you want him to get better, but it's more important that came on Thibodeau and those guys. Oh, yeah, the impactful guys, sure. The next Dexter Lawrence, like you saw Lawrence take that leap this year. He was always a good player. Now he played like an all-pro player. So, so those are the most important things. And I got a quick question for you, and I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. I know next week I'm going to just be refreshing my Twitter page constantly. So I don't remember which day it is. I know Monday is the day where the tampering period begins. Is that correct? The, it, it technically is the legal negotiation period, but yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Two days so, prior to the start of the new league year. Yes. I guess what I'm asking is, should I take off Monday from work or Wednesday next week? Well, <laughs> Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday, be, because, Monday yeah, because they really start announcing deals on Monday. Yep. Be, by the time Wednesday rolls around, all it is is you're just waiting for the teams to make it official. That's correct. That's really gotcha. so all it comes. Remember last year. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 would, I would take Monday off. I, I think Monday is the day. Or you can multitask, which is what I would recommend, too. Well, you know, Lance, Lance loves going to work and trying to do his well, job, no, but I'm actually saying, off you know, and watching the, the waiver well, wire. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure... In, in my line of work, there is no multitasking, so... Okay, hey, fair enough. You know your finally, profession better than I do, so... Yeah, it finally feels like... He probably has a real job, unlike us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys are living my dream, talking yeah. Giants football every day. Um, except for the fact that you got to do a poll, but that's no story. Uh, <laughs> so shot, me, I love it. Uh, <laughs> For me, well, see, there's uh, more risk with our job then, what you just identified. 
You got to take more that headaches. into consideration. Yeah. <laughs> more headaches. Uh, for me, it feels like they have a core for the first time in a long time. Yeah. A group of guys you can kind of sink your teeth in and stop just. I mean, I said yesterday, you know, I root for the laundry, but you want to root for the players too. So uh, that that's kind of where we're at here. So. Hey, let's have a good offseason. Let's continue to get better and uh, go Giants. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right, Lance. I think you make a good point. You have to make sure that inside linebacker you get is somebody that's not going to get taken off the field for safety on third down. Yeah, because, I mean, once again, if you re-sign Julian Love, you're re-signing him for a reason, so you're still going to have him in the mix, which means Mm -hmm. you're going to have an extra safety and a guy that's versatile. I just... The linebacker position on the interior, not to say that Joe Shane doesn't want to hear from his positional coaches and he doesn't want to hear from Brian Dable, but I may want to hear from Wink more so than any other position right. and he's been very in terms of addressing. And he's been very specific of what he wants in a middle linebacker. Look, he, he said it more than once. A, a slow middle linebacker means you have a slow defense. So when you're looking at guys that decide the middle linebacker spot, you better make sure they can run. And maybe they're a little long, too. I think that's kind of the two things you're looking for. But look, Patrick Queen was an undersized guy in Baltimore that they drafted when Wink was there, and he started him in a linebacker. He was 5'11", 220. I think he was 5'11", Patrick Queen. I, think I don't know the height. I, I, know, I, know, I, look him up. I know he was 220. I don't remember the height. So, you know, David Long, he's 5'11", 220. He's kind of that Patrick Queen size. Six feet, 236 Six feet is what two, they listed. Well, they him at 237, and he wasn't that big yeah. coming out. He must have put on weight since then. Ate some meat and potatoes. You know, does... T.J. Edwards gets you excited, hurt the Eagles, you know, Bobby Okereke or Okereke. I've heard it both ways from the Colts, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch. Do you go try to, you know, purge him from Dallas? Um, Drew Tranquil, a guy who had a nice year for the Chargers this year. Nice Does he player. get you sure. excited? Um, you know, those are kind of the guys you're looking at. You know, Eric Hendricks, I think, is probably a little too old for me. Levante David, probably a little bit too old for me. Denzel Perryman, you had on that list, too. Yeah, he's a veteran he's that's been guy. with a few different Alex teams. Singleton's been with a couple guys. He's yep. been a good coverage player. So, you know, do one of those guys fit? I think you're making an ad there. The question is who and what the price point is, to be honest with you. Yeah, those are the two things you're trying to balance. Once again, there's no question they can use an upgrade at that position. I'm not going to dispute that. My question is whether or not Wink is going to use the player to how the front office right. values that player. That's the yeah, challenge of finding yeah, that You don't want to go pay a middle linebacker $12 million a year and he's playing 40% of the snaps. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, correct. No, 100%. Makes no sense right. from that standpoint. No, I'm with you. All right, let's go back to the phone to say what's up to Ralph in Florida. He's up next. Hey, Ralph. Hey, guys. How you doing? Long time no speak to. Um, just two things. One, the signing I think was great. Finally get that out there air. And I think hopefully they'll sign Barkley soon just to get that cleared up and let the season get started. Um, you talk about middle linebackers. I mean, me personally, if this kid's at, in the second round, if he's at pick 57, I'm taking Jack Campbell. I would love, to, I would love to have Jack Campbell in the second round, Ralph. After that combine, I don't know if he's getting there. I know, I know. That's, what <laughs> I, that's my fear. That's my fear because that guy just instincts – and just being, and he's a three-down linebacker. Yep. He's just not a two-down line. He's a yep. three-down linebacker. He's a good player. Cover skills, yeah. So that's that'll be a good. I think it'll be a good draft pick. He and reminds also, me of two guys, Ralph. Real quick, he reminds me of Mama, who got drafted by Jacksonville last year, who ended up uh-huh. stealing some of Devin Lloyd's playing time. To be honest with you, and he reminds yep. me of Logan Wilson, who is the starting middle linebacker for the for the Bengals. Bengals. who's also yeah. a very for good the player. Bengals. Yeah, yep. Bengals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, me personally, he reminds me of an older linebacker. He's just in that mold of a big linebacker. But, he, I mean, everybody wants to talk about side on the sideline. To me, side on the sideline is great. You can run 4-4, four, four, but if you're a little linebacker at 6 feet or 6-1 like um, the Kobe Dean last year, look at him, he couldn't even get on the field. 
it don't matter if you get caught up in the wash or the line. It's not. It's not really. Yeah, beneficial. Ralph. Look, you're 100 percent right. And look, wink value speed, and we know that. But whether or not they spend big money on a position or not, the Giants have to improve their run defense. Their run defense stunk last Absolutely. year. It was That's bad. You got to have somebody out there again. Whatever the expenditure is and what the investment is. The and look was what was some of it the third defensive lineman next to Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. Sure, that's some of it. Sure. But let's be honest with it. Like let, let let let's be real. The linebacker position was a huge problem in the run game last year. Oh, it has time. to get I mean, better. It has let, to get let, better. That's why if you could do a combo of it, help up front. Because yeah. remember, mm-hmm. we were talking about the absence of Dalvin Tomlinson the year he left. That was extremely yeah. noticeable. And then obviously right. beef up some of your linebackers. So, yeah, I think yeah. it comes on both ends. Not necessarily relying yeah, I mean, on one guy in particular. Right, I agree. I'm not arguing with that. But like I said, at the end of the day, you need a linebacker that plays with instincts. Like, Jalen Smith was okay. But, I mean, he was horrible. He got caught up in the wash. He turned his back many a times to the, to the offensive guards. This guy Campbell, everything you see on tape, he hits the hole when it needs to be hit. He cuts angles off. He knows how to get depth on, on, on his own reads. He, I mean, this guy is just one of those There's players that are just born to be linebackers. This guy's just just meant yeah. to be a linebacker. Yeah, I agree. Six foot four. I mean, he ran what he ran a four six. Yep, four, four six. six. Oh, and, four and, six. And, and 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 his agility drills, his three cone and his short and shuttle were off the charts. They were great. Short shuttle was what one point five nine, one point five nine. That's unheard of for a guy that size. I mean, that's just a pick that I would think if the Giants could get him. Let's be honest. And and the second one, everybody's cramming for the number one wide receiver. What's wrong with making your tight end the number one receiver? Uh, I mean, let's be honest. I think, Ralph, that is going to be a big topic of conversation for the next month and a half. Don't you think so? I'm just asking. Right, John? Am I, am I mistaken? And I'm not saying that you're going to find a Kelsey out there. But if you could get a tight end that can actually make catches in the field and stretch the defense at, 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 in, in, in a ways that we haven't seen in how long. We, never, we haven't had a seen tight end since Ballard, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, I mean, I, I well, mean, Evan Ingram could do that. They just could not get him to play. He just didn't get him. He also dealt with injuries, spots, too. Yeah. So it Thank was you, a combination Ralph. of a variety of factors. Right, yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the call. Yeah, man. I mean, you could get away with certainly a tight end. But, you know, once again, you're still going to need other tight ends to help with blocking for other well, aspects of your offense. And I think you have that with Bellinger, right? I think sure. you have that guy with Bellinger. To me, that's why I had this talk yesterday. Somebody called up about Darnell Washington from Georgia. And my point was that, you know, he— you kind of have that guy in Bellinger already, yeah, right? Yeah, he's so, not a monster guy also, statistically it, speaking. If I'm going for a tight end, I'm going for that. He's basically a receiver. Sure. But he yeah. plays tight end, like Dalton Kincaid, a guy like that, who I think can play that Kelsey type of role. You know, be the Aaron Hernandez to the Gronkowski. Be the Kelsey to what Kafka had in, in Kansas City. Not to say that whoever they draft is going to be or a Hall Goddard of Or Goddard to Ertz. Correct. The two of them were Not to say the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer like those guys, but plays that type of pass-catching role. Yeah, it can be done, but once again, I think if you look at the Giants, explosive plays comes to mind, well, the that, lack right. thereof. Mm-hmm. And yes, the tight end will help, but a speedster wide receiver that can grab those deep balls down the field from Daniel Jones, I think that makes more of a difference in the short term for this team right yeah, you now. You could be right. So, so you're on the Jalen Hyatt bandwagon? Yeah, I'm in favor of bringing in a wide receiver that could take the top off the defense. That what I think is going to make the biggest imprint. Listen, if you got a tight end, great. But I also liked what I saw to Daniel Bellinger mm-hmm. as a receiver. Forget blocking. He was fine. But Bellinger made some nice plays. Unfortunately, he dealt with the eye injury. N- but Not a difference maker as a no, receiver. No, I mean, though. once again, he's not going to put fear in the eyes. But here's the thing. Reliability. 
Don't when Daniel up. Jones threw the ball at him, did he not make plays? Yep, absolutely. When you were operating outside the peripheral of the red zone and he got it to him on the sideline, did he get into the end zone? He was a reliable option. Absolutely. So if that's what he could do in year one, just like we're talking about the quarterback improving, why can't the tight end do the yeah, same? Yeah, and that's why I wouldn't pick a Michael Mayer type. Because to me, I think Bellinger can fill that role. I think if yeah. you go tight end, you you want to go for that, you know. Flash. You, yeah, you yeah. want to go for the guy that, that can. sexiness. The guy that can make the big plays yep. and be an explosive player. I'm, I think we're on the same page there. All right, let's go to uh, Roy in Charleston. He's up next. Hey, Roy. How's it going, guys? What's up? Doing right. Hey, uh, good news. I'm glad we signed uh, Daniel. I think he was well. De- I think it was uh, well deserved. I think he did, like you said. You know, like I mean, he's in, he's definitely I think in the top ten. Um, so, what's it look like? Are we going to resign Sterling? Do we know? Any idea? I mean, he's coming off an ACL. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be back or not. I'm sure they might. Look, if I had to guess, I think they'd figure out a way to bring him back on a, you know, prove it type of deal. That would be for very little money. Give him a chance to rehab here in the offseason. He lives in the area. I'm sure he'd love to be able to rehab here and they'd figure something out. But who knows? If another team shows up and offers him a lot of money, then he'll probably walk out. So who knows? I think, though, I know, I know the coaches in the front office love him. And he wants and they to kept be here. Him around the team. Yeah, so my guess is that yeah. they'll be able to figure out a way to make it work. But can you rely on? Well, him? that's the big that, thing. That's the yeah. bigger question. I right? know, I know. Yep he's he's been he's been kind of you know he's caught by the injury bug. I mean, two. I mean, an Achilles and an ACL back to back years is is tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah you certainly tough. can't bank yeah. on that if that's your expectation. If you feel he's going to be in your core of four or five wide receivers, I wouldn't go that far. I think we got to get across a few hurdles before you can be a be- big believer in that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I, uh, I've i always been a Slayton fan. I hope I hope we do sign uh, uh, Darius back. I think he could be a good number. I think he could be a good number two. Um, you know, Wendell, I think, and, and you mentioned it earlier, John, about, or was it you, Lance? One of, one of you guys said that we're going to have two draft classes here. We're gonna we're, we've got the draft coming up, and then all the injuries that we have. I mean, my gosh, we we got we got three we have three wideouts, two two on uh, injury and one on the practice squad, don't we? Well, who are you referring to? On our team. Um, so we got Wendell. He was injured. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, was it uh, was it uh, is it Johnson? Was he injured? Yeah, Colin, Colin Johnson. Yeah, he wasn't a rookie, yeah. but yeah, Colin Johnson is a guy that can, can return and do something next year. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think I think you know maybe if we can find a wide out in the, in the draft that could I think that would uh, I don't know who to who, who to pick though. No, and Roy, but, honestly, um, I think given the what the wide receiver class looks like in free agency, I think you're going to do your damage in the draft at that spot, in yeah. my opinion. And you just don't know. Who's and it might not be, be in the first round either. By the way, it might yeah. be second or third round. Which well, because is fine. once again, you don't know when you're picking 25th. It Correct. changes the conversation. Mm-hmm. Remember, the last few years we've been yep. operating where you have a little bit of an idea who may be there. You don't know who's going to be there this no, year. You have no idea. Yeah, it completely no changes yeah. the conversation. Yeah. But if you do look at track record, there's been a lot of rookie wide receivers that have come in in recent history in year one, and they have made some really nice production available for their respective teams. So it can be done. To say that it's unrealistic to think a wide receiver could come in year one and, you know, wow you, I don't think that's a stretch at all. You look at Brandon Ayuk even for San Francisco. I mean, I'm not going with the star-studded Go guys. Down the list. Yeah, I mean... there's been a lot of firepower that's come out of the draft. So I think Joe Shane sees that. I think the rest of the league sees that as well. I think so, too. I, a guy a guy who uh, he's... Um... He's a Washington fan, and he says, you know, too bad you can't take some of these corners 
with this uh, with their four five four four eight speed and, and convert them. You talk about. Well, it depends. I mean, like, for example, Trayvon Diggs, who's on the Cowboys, he was a wide receiver. So you can maybe do that with him. But some of these guys, they have great speed. They don't have the hands, though. That matches what you need on a wide receiver. Correct. And and here's the thing, Roy, too. Like, you talk about corners. This could be a really big cornerback draft, too. That's one need we really haven't talked about much. And, again, I think it'll be a little expensive to do it in free agency just because it's a premium position. Uh, That could be a first-round target in this draft, too, with the way those guys ran in Indy. Yeah, and and I heard that uh, the first top ten could be really could go corners. The first top picks could be corners. Yeah, so, I mean, no, you, you could have um, six. You could have six or seven corners go in the first round this year. Like, no joke. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Uh, again, glad uh, Daniel got his uh, got his uh, four year contract. Uh, I thought I was thinking it was going to be three, but I'm glad he got four. I was really happy. So he'll turn thirty. Uh, 26, maybe 30, 31 before his contract's up again. But it's and, uh, good to see. Yeah. I think he's, I, I, his arrow is definitely pointing up. And I think I think we, uh, well, you know, it was a blessing and a, a surprise that we got to a playoff game last year. So we'll see what happens this year. Thank you, Mike. And uh, thanks again, guys. I'm glad you guys are going to be there for the for the off season And give uh, Tim a shout-out. We'll uh, catch up with you soon. All right. Sounds thanks, good, guys. Roy. And, yeah, look, I mean, it's good to have him here long-term. And we'll figure it out. Well, just real quickly with respect to the last caller's point, from Daniel Jones's perspective, the agent's perspective, yeah, they like the fact that 31, he could still be seeking a new contract. Uh, that, that's so, what I was going to add. Know, I, I, I was going to say, and then it kind of flipped out of my head. Yeah, I mean, 30 yeah. and 31, that is literally prime sure. age for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, these guys, they don't want... They want the security, don't get me wrong. They don't want to be locked up for yeah, that like long either. That, like people will make jokes about how big that Patrick Mahomes contract was. That was a very team-friendly contract. Yeah. Well, that's why at the time it looks enormous. Be like, then, oh my god, four hundred million dollars! Yeah, it's crazy. You, you look at correct. how the market develops, and the following correct. year, you know they're laughing all the way to the bank, Kansas City. I mean, it's not to say that Mahomes is not making money. Okay, we don't need to feel sorry for him. No, we're not. But if you ask him, maybe four or five years down the road, would he have liked to maybe have a little bit more? Yeah, I'm sure he probably yeah. would have said that as well. You know, we talked a lot in the Combine about this being a three-year deal for Jones that you can kind of get out after two, and it looks like it turned more into a four-year deal that you can get out after three. So that was probably one of the negotiations too, right, going back and forth. Daniel wanted more guarantees to get him further along in the deal. The Giants wanted to maybe have an opportunity to get out sooner if things didn't go well. So you met in the middle, and that's yeah. and, and that's where it's a give and take, right? Exactly. That's where it's a give and take, and that's kind of how it works. And also, you know, the other thing— is if you look at just the NFL cycle, John, it seems to operate on three to four years, too. Now I mean, it the does, coaching yeah. cycle, mm-hmm. the player cycle. I, I think well, it's you know, a high turnover rate league. So that's another reason why you see the influence of how contracts are structured. Yeah, everything but a first-round pick is a, is a four-year contract in the draft. So yeah. With the fifth-year option. With you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, first-round picks get the fifth-year, but no other round gets that. So it's just the first round that gets that fifth-year option. All right, let's wrap it up today with Peter in Florida. Peter, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up? Doing all right. What do you got? Hey, so uh, first thing, uh, Lance, I like that idea about Hyatt. He's probably my favorite uh, wide receiver in the draft. I think he probably might fit the best for the Giants for their needs. I like the over-the-top burner guy, and I, I really feel that that's what they, they currently need right now. Now, he is a so, little raw, Pete. Just keep in mind, he doesn't run the full route tree. He has some drops sometimes. He played in a very you – know, he basically played in the old Baylor system, right, where he just spread it all out. I mean, if you watch his yeah. tape – there's so much space 
for him. Like yeah. it's this, and he's yeah. and he's basically just a stop vertical slant type of guy. So he's not yeah. going to come in right away and be this, you know, Devonta Smith technician of a route runner. Right. But look, yeah. the dude can fly. He can fly. Well, yeah, and you I, can't teach I, that, I as feel, they always say. No. Yeah, for sure. Now I feel that he is. So I look at that uh, that vantage point as a swing. I feel that he definitely will be an upgrade over Slayton for sure, though. Do you agree? Yes. Well, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, also you look at the conference he's played. I mean, I know Slayton was at Auburn, so no. he came from the SEC, SEC as well. Yeah, but, but I think yeah. Hyatt comes in with a little bit more excitement and a little bit more of a boost of a resume Tennessee compared beat, to Darius Slayton. They beat Alabama this year. Yeah. Oh, that was a huge win. Correct. And and remember, they lost their quarterback late in the season, Hooker, Hooker yep. due to a, a torn ACL. The thing is, though, and this is where I go back to where the Giants are picking, the wide receivers, you look at this year's class, if you ask 10 different people, they're going to give you 10 different responses about how they would rank them all over the place. Yeah. Yep. So it's very hard to gauge who could be around late in the first round. Yeah, I might be gone. Yeah, you just don't know at this point. True. Normally, you have an idea of who the number one guy is. I don't really think yep. it's as clear-cut this Look, year. I think you have five guys that could be the first receiver taken. You have Zay Flowers. You have Quentin Johnston, you have Jordan Addison, you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you have Jalen Hyatt. And any of those five guys, and you know maybe Josh Downs you can throw in that mix if you want. I, I love Josh Downs. I have him rated higher than other people do. But I think those are the five, and I could see those five lands, to your point, going off the board in any order. Any order. It wouldn't shock me if any one of those guys went first or any one of those guys went fifth. It just wouldn't. Well, because you got different styles. And also, Smith and Jigba, he's another one with injury that he's coming off of. So, you know, the risk of that, that's another reason why I think there's maybe no clear-cut leader at this point. Yeah. Right. I um, wanted to give you my in- my quick points on the Daniel Jones uh, yeah, contract. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, I feel that the Giants were very prudent with this whole situation. On a 10,000-foot view, you know, when Joe, when Joe Shane came in, he could have easily you know, extended a five-year um, option for Daniel. Maybe, you know, seeing what he did the first year or hearing, you know, Mara that he really thinks he's a good quarterback and all that good stuff, they stuck to their guns. They're like, hey, we're not going to give you that option, even though that probably could have been the, the most uh, peer-pressure thing to do. They let him do his thing. They know how he works. They thought that he fit in their scheme. So for all the fans that are pretty much saying, oh, my God, he gave him $40 million a year for four years with all these incentives. That's bullshit. Baloney. You know? But at Good the catch. end of the day, yeah, I tried. I Good tried catch. Hard, man. Oh, boy. That, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a check swing. That was tight. That was a, we're waiting for the umpire to determine whether or not you went all the way around. I think yeah. he went. I, I do. I, I think I think he went, too. Yep. I think the umpire jumps in. I think you're you're got, sitting in the dugout. I got you, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, Pearson, you don't have to edit that, buddy. Thank you, Peter. So, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You want to finish up real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess my last quick thing I wanted to ask you. Say the Giants have like $15, 20000000 or whatever in the you know, extra cap space for this year. Does that roll over to next year? Well, it no? depends on if they spend it. Correct. It depends on what they're left over with at the end of the year. The Giants had get their zero at the end of last year. Correct. So they have nothing rolling into this year. But, yeah, whatever they don't spend this year will roll into they next carry year. They carry over. Exactly. Yeah. But you're not going to know that answer, Peter, until the end of next year. That's the Correct. point. Yeah. yeah. I got you. All right, guys. Hey, thank you. Perfect. Thank you. And then, by the way, if you take a look at what the reported Daniel Cap number is this year, and then Saquon's franchise tag, and I know people have thrown out the, the $50 million in total cap space this year, looking at 20.
that's left then to spend. Oh yeah, I mean, well, two guys at double digit figures, right? Right. So so that that cuts it basically sixty percent is gone. Um, but then if you redo Leonard Williams, maybe that frees up some more. But remember, you also basically have to put ten billion in your pocket. Just for your for the draft class, class, correct? Yeah, and then and injuries that happen over the course of this like season. last year to yeah. add people, waiver wire and stuff so, like that. So it goes quick. Yeah, well, it goes. Life quick. comes at you fast in the NFL. Right. That's more of a reason why you know everybody says, "Oh, they have this much cap space." Cap space is fluid. John, we can give you a number today. Right. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. the money could disappear. And what if you resign Julian Love? What if you give Dexter Lawrence an extension? His number may go up too. All that changes. Yeah. So you or down, to too, depending on how the extension yeah. is. Once again, is it depends up. on how the deal is structured, but right. these guys are not costing nothing, though, is my point. No. <laughs> okay? You've got to that. spend. That's why I talent, you got to spend. The top of the market might be tough, but I think you can get some good mid-level guys that'll help you. And I'll, I'm going to throw out one name to you because it kind of fits the, the profile you're talking about. What would you think about DJ Chark? Yeah, I threw him out, I think, in the conversation. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I think 6-4, ran a 4-3. Yeah, he's, I, he's I think he's an intriguing guy. Who, has some injury issues. But he's still intriguing because mm-hmm. I think he has that speed aspect. And he was sort Only of the, 26. He was the forgotten stepchild in Detroit last year because, because they had a lot, lot of too. talent too. Right. So, yeah, he makes a lot of sense. If you're looking to take a flyer, a guy with some upside. Yes, Three outings of 90-plus receiving yards from week 12 to the end of the year. Yeah, he was with Jacksonville, yeah. went to Detroit. That, to me, is a realistic target. I mean, even the guy that's listed underneath there, maybe not listening to me, but Lazard's been a solid player. He's a solid too. player. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking for, you know, a guy that's not an old man, now he's who a maybe bigger. Is scratching, he's a bigger guy too. I would like more of a more of a route runner, speed guy than Lazard. No, I get it. I, I, get I think Lazard's a little bit of a duplicative with um, Hodges, a little bit. No, that makes sense. Yeah, he's certainly he's not going to take the top off the defense if Correct. that's what you're looking for. Yeah, but, he isn't. I know fans get him and Valdez Scantling confused. Scantling's more of the speed guy than than Lazard. Yeah, obviously. well, and that was a big reason why the dynamics completely changed for Green Bay this yeah. year because mm-hmm. they didn't have him. He went to Kansas City and they didn't have Devontae Adams. Watson helped. Christian Watson. No, Watson did speed. help. Yes. Yeah, but you know, there's another work, rookie by the way mm-hmm. who dropped what should have been a must-have touchdown against Minnesota in the opener, and then look at what he did late in the season. Yeah, it takes time for the you got to be patient. Yeah. yeah, Lance, good stuff. This was fun. Absolutely. Lance it. is with uh, JC tomorrow. Jonathan Casillas. I'll be with Paul on Monday, on Friday, and then we'll be back with a uh, free agency talk next week. And I think the the negotiating period starts at noon on Monday, so maybe we'll start the show half hour early or something like that, and we'll go twelve to one thirty on Monday with that free agency period start, and that should be fun. For Lance Menno, I'm John Schmelk. Thank you to Pearson. We will see you tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Until then.